Blog Talk Radio. Give me a minute, y'all, to get my Instagram together. Come back home to Africa. Come back home 
I greet each and every one of you, Jay White, beloved. My sketch is overwhelming, but I'm going to get to you. I'm going to get back to you. Keisha Smith, thank you so much. Uh, Courageous Umi, thank you for being present with us. Uh, uh, beloved Keona D. Carter, our moderator and, and leader in our chat room. She helps me to sort of see, keep order with all the things that I have to do here. Uh, some of you know the screen is scrolling and moving while Joe is going on. I'm also having to monitor my uh, StreamYard and my YouTube and my blog talk radio. So please bear with me and, and show our beloved Kiona all due respect as she helps me to sort of maintain some order here in the live moving chat. Greetings, Neophyte Bokor Tourist. All my regular listeners and callers and participants, indeed my co-hosts, my superstars of this show are those who call in right in with their questions, comments, and requests and actively become a part of the show. Greetings, Fitness Girl Fun, seven and gentlemen. Thank you all so much for showing up here, divine self-healing. Peace and blessings, love and peace and serenity and tranquility to you and yours. I'm always honored and appreciative by each and every one of you who show up and support the show. Fitness Girl, I support you in your dream. I support you in your, in your uh, vision. May the ancestors and the spirits, may Olo Damare and Mawo Lisa, indeed allow us to come together again by 711. Powerful numbers, 711. Gateway, doorway open in number 711. Also representing the divine completion of a season. So I pray with you. I hold hands with you. I, I participate in practice and ritual with you in, in the idea that we indeed will be together July 11th. And, and, and not just you and I, in spirit, in, in truth, in a room, in archive, that we indeed can, can move forward in a world that we can operate in physically by, June, by July 11th. I was very comfortable and very conscious and very specific, not to say return to or, or go back to normal. There's no going back to, there's no quote unquote return to. Y'all pay attention. Scroll my Facebook page of the day, facebook.com forward slash divine Prince Ty Emeka. That's my Facebook page as well as my Instagram page. But look at my post. Look at my, look at my post. Look at the reemergence, the reemergence. In, in other locations in the world, pay attention to what's happening in Africa. Pay attention to what's happening in Brazil. This is not something uh, of a 24-hour flu. <laughs> this isn't the 24-hour cold. You know, this isn't the, the, the bad hangover that requires two, three days for you to recuperate and regain your strength. I, I know we would want it to be such. We would like it to be such. And it's something about the makeup of the Westerner. I don't care what your ethnicity is. I don't care what your race is. But if you live in the West and, and you got Amazon and you got, you know, 
Walmart and you got access to, you know, the same thing you have access to. You, you're part of the West. You're part of the Western mindset. And we expect appeal, remedy, a quick fix, you know, and we see it projected at us every day. Eat what you want. It doesn't matter that it's going to give you indigestion. It's going to give you heartburn. It's going to tear up your inside. But if you take this pill, if you drink this potion, if you buy into this notion, you might be okay. For the moment, for the moment. But some of y'all know the commercials I'm referencing. How big is that guy's gut in that commercial? We completely overlook the root of the problem, the source of the problem. The reason a problem, issue, a block, a complication inserts itself in our path. And we look for the quick fix, the quick remedy. It's not personal. It's not individual. It's not a character defect to, to you or I. This is a cultural defect. This is a cultural defect. And, and so if we don't address it first individually, because sometimes you can protect, protect yourself, insulate yourself from, from what's going on out in the world, from, from what's going on next door or across the street, you know, but it always comes home to roost at some point. It always comes home to roost. We just live in a society now that has many masks and many covers. And so we say it's the taxes and we say it's the politicians and, and we give over the responsibility to the government and to our leaders. <laughs> Obama <laughs> gave you a clear distinction of what leadership is, a clear definition of what leadership is. So we've got to first be self-reliant, self-aware, self-protective, if you will. And then that should extend to your family, your friends, your your children, your peer group, and ultimately your your community. But it is very hard to see, very hard to hear. Even in normal times, without the virus, real hard to hear above the noise. It's very hard to see beyond the illusions that are presented for us. To say that we are free-thinking society, to say that we are free-thinking individuals, and indeed those in this audience, in that spirituality and religion audience, in, in, in that audience that wants to cut ourselves away from, <laughs> eliminate, you know, that which has tied us down generationally, that has tied us down, you know, over the centuries. We, more so than anybody, doesn't matter if it's fair, it is what it is, we have to take a greater degree of responsibility autonomy, stewardship, and yes, leadership, mentorship, even by your example. Because some of you don't want to, you know, organize, don't want to get your hands dirty, don't want to have to deal with other people, but you lead by your You lead by your, by your, by your behavior. So, Man, I'm looking at the news. Are y'all paying attention to the world today? <laughs> oh, my goodness. And if you just focus on the news, if you just focus on the Internet, if you just 
focus on spiritual, I'm sorry, social media, then neglect spirit, your spirit exercise, your spirit maintenance. Just like we have to remind ourselves right now not to be sedimentary, to get up, walk around, move around. You might not not be able to visit your gym, but you can exercise. You can do calisthenics. We can move our our bodies and we can, you know, clean up the yard and, and clean up the attic. But don't forget to exercise your spirit. Don't forget to exercise the soul. Don't forget to exercise that that kundalini and those chakra systems and to make sure things are just as fluid there as they might be physically or or in a literal sense. You know, make sure you get your fiber and, and drink plenty of water, but make sure you're also doing that. Some of us are constipated. Some of y'all are backed up with some craziness, with some nonsense. And this is the season for that to come to the surface. Oh, my goodness. I love going through Facebook. Not Facebook itself, per se, but Facebook as it relates to our news media that show up in Facebook. Uh, And particularly, you know, my local news channels. You know, and I like to go into those rooms and see who's there and, and, and see who's responding to the governor, who's responding to the mayor, who's responding, you know, to the president. Uh, or, or to Trump, uh, depending on who who you are, um, and, and and what they're saying, you know, in in the chat. And my regular listeners, you've heard me say this before. I don't jump out there and and amen or or jump out there and, and attack. I pay attention to the details, and I often go straight to that username and I username, and I go to that profile. And you realize this person ain't posted since January 2017. This profile ain't posted since January 18. The last time this this profile posted, it was the same picture five times, 12 times. Y'all know these profile things aren't real, right? Y'all know these profiles are being fake. And particularly now, Oh, yeah, I know you don't listen to the news and you don't pay attention to the media. But those of us who do, we're aware of the Russian conspiracy. We're aware of the Ukrainian conspiracy. But those of us who are erudite, who are conscious, who are woke and well-read, for those of us born before, uh, let me be careful before I throw out a year, before 1980, okay, who still might remember what COINTEL is and how COINTEL operates, we're not surprised. And particularly right now in this season, there's so many talking heads out there. There's so many voices out there who know you don't read, don't write, don't pay attention to the news, don't, don't, don't pay attention to who you know, and, and World Organization and, 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 and the health department and you're heavily reliant on what's going on in social media. You're here. You're watching me. You're listening to me right now. And, and you're probably listening to others as well. And so this this is the battleground right here, y'all. This, this is the battleground. This World Wide Web, this super highway of information is the battleground. And if we aren't these sources, Check these identities. Check these loud voices that are coming through. Who are they really? 
When and where did these people show up from? And, and why now? Because they want to greatly affect your mindset, what you think and how you think and how you vote or don't vote, how you respond or don't respond. Have y'all noticed I always get a demon on a fly <laughs> in the room here and lately when we start broadcasting? Yeah. My grandmama used to say, oh, if I could have been a fly on the wall. I, I believe that's true, y'all. Witches, demons, gins, shifters, you know, they can inhabit nature. Nature, you know. And and I pay attention to nature. I, I notice the direction of birds are moving and flying in. I pay attention to what the cats in the neighborhood are doing. I pay attention to what my rooster is doing and, and how it how it acts, particularly in in relation to the weather, particularly in relation to the storm that is Corona that we are passing through right now. Greetings, everyone. Kimberly Mattel. Oh, I know I stopped doing my roll call. My apologies. Die Marcus Art. Love you, brother. Thank you so much for showing up and, and supporting, becoming the C. Greetings, beloved. We appreciate you and your consistency. Uh, yes, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate you all for showing up. And I also am open to your request, your reading request. I'm here for you. That, that's why we're here. Just know that I'm only going to tell the truth. I'm only going to share the truth. Greetings, Orisha. I'm only going to tell it like it is. Yes, indeed. Um, I'm not aware of that neophyte book course. I'm going to check into that. I'm, I'm going to check into that. Greetings, greetings, everyone. Thank you so much for coming in and being present. Greetings, greetings. Fitness Girl Fun, thank you so much. Chris King, welcome back. Sky Frank, welcome, welcome, beloved. Thank you so much, everyone, for being present. Yes, it's all tele, uh, COINTELPRO. We, we now call it the Russian conspiracy. We, we now call it the Ukrainian conspiracy. But it's all COINTELPRO. Sky is correct about that. It's all COINTELPRO. It just changes from generation to generation. It just evolves from from technological advancement to technological advancement. And it changes and evolves with each new group in terms of their awakening and their awareness. I'm just a little bit older than some of you in the room, just a little bit. And, and so in keeping a journal, and always paying attention, you, you know the cycles. You, you know the cycles, you know the seasons, both yours and those that operate around you. You know this pattern. And so every seven years, there's this change of guard. There's this shift in information, partly to keep you off balance. The minute you think you got it together, the minute you think you caught up, We've already moved on to the next thing. The, the planet keeps spinning. We talked about that last week. The, the world keeps turning. But then there is this other group that changes, that evolves, that shapeshifts every seven 
or nine years or so. And, and it's that prevailing voice of what's pop culturally favorable, what's trending, what's happening right now. And it's always so important and, and so over the top and, and so life changed in the moment during that season. And, and it has its heyday and people make their money off of it. And then it's into obscurity. And then the next trend comes in and takes over. Then the next, you know, uh, outcropping of energy shows up, you know. And now with Internet, now with everyone having access to technology, now with all of these devices, we can not only document it and record it, but we can sit back, watch it, and see it. And see it happening in real time. In real time. So there will come a day when the idea that this is all fake, this isn't real, you know, that voice will have as much gravity in social media, and then they will move on yet to the next thing, the next distraction, the, the next way to get your attention. And the one thing that's consistent, persistent, is where you are spiritually. It's where you are spiritually. That keeps moving. If you're eating food, if you're reading, if you're studying, if you're doing homework, that keeps moving forward. No matter what's going on out here, no matter what the weather is out here, that continues to advance. That continues to grow. The mistake is the shortcut. There's no shortcut. There is no shortcut. I don't know how many times, I don't know how well I can express that. There, there is no shortcut. Thank you, everyone, for being present. Did I miss anybody? Jennifer Anderson, thank you so much for showing up with us and being a part of the audience. Thank you for your greetings and your salutations. Oh, wow, now that's interesting. Um, yeah, I would pay attention to that. Um, dead birds, dead animals, that, that could be problematic. Um, yeah. Greetings, beloved. Hey, Wapani. That's my sister, y'all. Welcome, welcome. I appreciate everybody here. I appreciate those who are listening to me now live on the phone, but I welcome you to come on in. Come on in with your questions, your comments, your requests. Let's always acknowledge our ancestors, always in all things, not just on that, you know, fourth day of the week, not just on that fourth day that we acknowledge them in the ritual calendar of things, but we get up and we stand upon the strength, the shoulders of our ancestors each and every day. And in a climate where, oh my goodness, people are still being murdered and killed and, and lynched. I woke up to Farrakhan's most uh, recent email blast this morning, um, speaking specifically about these these police lynchings and these uh, community lynchings that continue to happen in our community that have become so regular, that have become so consistent that many of us are desensitized now to death, desensitized now to, to violence. And know that that also shows up in, in how we act, you know, in, in this environment of, of Corona. But indeed, um, I'm trying to pull up that email, uh, the final call digital for today, 1150 this morning. 
um, because there's always so much news and you want to get your names and identities and all that kind of stuff um, together. I've also noticed that when I'm trying to do a broadcast, certain documents of importance, whether it's in my browser or in my Word, don't open or open really, really, really slow. Uh, so that's that's a distraction. And what I got in front of me right now is, is not what I'm looking for. <laughs> so bear with me. I'm trying to open up. Um, come on now. I'm trying to open up my final call email, digital email from this morning. And they did a really good job of speaking to the most recent lynching and and police brutality um, in our community. Yes, indeed. Um, It's moments like this. I wish y'all had something to say. (laughs) Area code um, 314. Thank you, beloved, for being present. 314. Who's calling and where are you calling from? This is Wapami calling from St. Louis. Say that again. This is Wapani calling from St. Louis. Hey, Wapani. I didn't recognize your number for some reason. Peace and love. What's happening, girlfriend? That's okay. You may you may still have a little trauma on your mind. You were speaking about the ancestors earlier. Yeah. And um, I don't know how far you got into that, but it made me think about our elders and how we live in a society that doesn't put them on the pedestal that we used to put them on, how they were the center of the community. And we have to be very cognizant to keep up with our elders. They could be on the floor in their home. They could be having a diabetic issue. And especially now when everyone is enticed to isolate themselves, it's very vital right now that we keep up with our elders. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, understanding from an ATR perspective, from a voodoo perspective, um, your closest to your ancestors are our elders and, and our small babies. And, and so we have a, a responsibility if we say acknowledging ancestors to also acknowledge uh, the living. Uh, again, this is not just some uh, surface practice that we do just for our own betterment, just for our own uh, instant gratification, just just to meet our own most immediate needs. Uh, But this is something that we actively have to live in and walk in and and operate in each and every day. Uh, That's a real important point. And thank you for reminding me because I wanted to talk about that uh, in some way today, uh, Wapani, our awareness of our elders and our attention to our elders, and, and how that indeed shows up as a part of our demonstration, what we say we believe, what we say we understand. Yes, absolutely. Um, and when you're ready, I have something else. I watched the program this morning, and it made me think about your show, and I wanted to address it and see how you felt about the uprise in 
now, you know, we learned that people are injecting themselves now with melanin, trying to gain our melanin. Um, but now they've gone to use, and now that people aren't seeing each other, they're using the emojis and actually using brown or black emojis and their white people. And it makes me, again, question why do they want to take our athletic ability? Why do they want to take our behind? Why do they want to take our lips? Why do they want to take our color, our accomplishments, but they hate us vehemently? I, I just don't understand that mentality. And do you see something behind the scenes with that as a reason why they want to assimilate us but want to lynch us at the same time? Yeah, now um... – I ain't gonna lie. I haven't. I haven't seen that. I, I don't know where I should be <laughs> in social media. Maybe I'm missing, you know, uh, the the stream somewhere. But that I haven't. I haven't noticed myself. Now, just in terms of what you're real. talking about, it, it, it was on the reel at at five o'clock this morning. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that. Um, I, I really don't watch the reel. Um, but but in terms of being in social media. I am in Twitter and Instagram and, and, and Facebook um, every day, uh, probably all day. And and that's not something that I've seen. Now, I have seen it, as you described it, at the cultural level. The, the appropriation is real uh, and, and has been for, for some time, going all the way back to, to blackface. Um, today, it's showing up, as you described, with the new technology. Um, I also wanted to acknowledge um, from everyone from the chat, but but particularly those who asked me to take my time, uh, who knew what I was trying to do, um, what information I was I was looking for. I was trying not to story about police lynchings without being able to call Ahmad Aubrey by name, Breonna Taylor by name. Damien Shepard by name. And so as my sister just stated, but really so eloquently, what's with the, you know, Kim Kardashian like appropriation look and culture and the feel, the sound and the, and, and the vibration of what it means to be black, and particularly black in America? Because no one is necessarily appropriating African style. No, no one is necessarily appropriating Ethiopian style, you know, or, or Nigerian style. It is indeed the Black American, the African American experience that's being appropriated all over the world, all over the world. And and it's not new. You know, and, 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 and just like I said before, you made that statement about each generation, each seven, you know, seven years, it reemerges again, shows up again uh, as a new thing, as the new trend. So, you know, we argued about what acting black was in the 90s. You know, so we don't argue about what acting black, sounding black is anymore. And, and we've embraced many celebrities, entertainers, performers, who, who 20 years ago, we would have had that discussion about acting black. So, so it's now popular um, 
what's the word, uh, socially inappropriate, politically incorrect to even discuss that anymore. And, and so now we see that going on to the next level. So you got the little busybody, I don't even know the girl's name, in, in social media who claims she black, believes she black. I mean, she's been on TV, she's been on TMZ, she's been on the morning talk shows, you know, who who is now taking it to another level. You know, and so each generation takes that, pushes that line, you know, to the next level of appropriation, of, of, of bastardization, and I often describe it as it either is not real or doesn't exist in terms of the black experience if it can't be appropriated. If everybody can't do it, if everybody can't wear it, then it ain't important. It's not valid. And it's something about who and what we are that should be somehow silent. And and within that environment, within our own community. So 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 we see in black women, you know, injecting themselves with poison now, you know, in their butt, trying to get super butt, you know, injecting stuff in their hips now trying to get super hips. And and we have people like um who's the R and B superstar, the the hip hip hop star who um who just recently uh, acknowledged that she's having all of that taken out of her body and, and removed, and, and she's trying to influence, you know, the, the young women of color not to do this to themselves and to value uh, themselves more. You know, I can't think and talk and run chat and do a show at the same time and, and, and have a good memory. But y'all know who I'm talking about. Uh, she was just on... Um, Wendy Williams in the last, oh, wow, what's that young girl's name? And she had a Keona, whole bunch of... Keona said K. Michelle. Yeah, thank you, Keona. K. Michelle. Yeah, K. Michelle. And, and so we not only see that, again, that appropriation happening, you know, we can take everything you got, we can colonize everything you own, you know, you have nothing that we haven't created for you, you have nothing that we haven't controlled for you, but we also still see the reverberation of that in our own people where our black men and black women are not healthy and happy about what they look like, how they're built, what the size might be, you know. And so that poison, that that toxicity has not been addressed. As long as we don't address slavery, as long as we refuse to address post-traumatic slave disorder. As long as we go along with the sort of uh, popular cultural belief that we're in this post-racial climate, this post-racial society, um, this this cancer, this toxin will continue to be present on to the next generation. Past you and I will find it. Past everyone who's living and and, and listening and exists under the sound of our voice right now. And it's interesting because just before I came on air today, I can't even remember what the trigger was. Something I saw on TV or I'm I'm not sure what it was, but but I I had to actively go into my mantra. I don't see me. Ain't no representations of me on TV. 
Ain't no representations of me in, in, in the culture, in the movies, in, in advertisements. That's not an illusion. That's not a cartoon. That's not some, you know, supersized version of, of who and what we are. So that's why I have to do this. <laughs> that's why I have to be present every day. That's why my voice has to be heard. That's why my face, my massage, my environment has to be seen because I'm not being represented. Uh, I, there's no one speaking up. You know, there's a, there's a support group for this, support group for that, and, and you know, let's take it on Good Morning America. Let, let, let's take it on, you know, the, the, the morning news show. You know, I didn't mean to call out one particular brand because um, now I can't think of other brands sort of tone that down. <laughs> but, you know, we, we see the, you know, what's important to them. Even when we are put in the front to push stuff to you, even when we are the journalists, even when we are the actors, perform our vision that's being drawn. It's not our vision that's being promoted. It's, it's not our vision that's being taught. And so this poison that you speak of, Wapani, will continue, unfortunately, on to the next generation. And, and I think about the changes from when we were in elementary school in the 70s, you know, to now in terms of um, biracial awareness, Mixed race awareness. I can remember when I was in elementary school, that was unheard of. That was something rarely seen. And if you, even if you saw it, you didn't know what you were looking at. It wasn't discussed. Not in that way. Shadism was discussed. You know, I grew up in the in the. I like to call it the the debarge 1970s. No, the part the debarges were one of the biggest groups happening in the early 80s. So when you think of nappy, afro, corn-rolled, dreadlocked 1970s, and then now we're going to home and the, and the uh, uh, texturizer and, and, and the jury curl, you know, and, and the more straight, the more acceptable, the, the good hair uh, generation. I call it the DeBarge generation. If, if you are familiar with the, M, the DMV, Maryland, D.C., Virginia area, being light-skinned was everything in the 70s and going into into the 80s. The idea of being black and nappy was still a negative. Uh, as recently as when I was in junior high school, recently as when I was in, in high school. So some of you now, you can't envision that. And, and you grew up with Erica Badu, Jill Scott, um, um, with a she, uh, not a she, a her, um, and, and all these other visionary folk. And so it's easy to buy into live in a post-racial society. It's easy to listen uh, to the media and pop culture and, and, and buy into the there's no racial issues except that which these noisy black folk keep bringing up. There's no racial issue except that which these noisy Asians keep invoking. 
if you believe what's being presented to you, you know, on TV. But even in 2020, no one's representing me. No one's speaking for me. No, no one's standing up for me, you know, in, in, in mainstream culture and in, in, in mainstream media. So I have to do so. You have to do so. We have to be heard. We have to speak. Um, you know, I think sometimes we're trying to you and I even. Um, oh, well, it's, it's Val here. <laughs> Forgive me, Val. I didn't even realize you were in the room. Um, Rapani, that's Tony. <laughs> that's Val. Oh, <laughs> Girl, we didn't realize you were here, you know. But but you and Rapani can specifically speak to what I'm talking about. We, we come to some, come to some of the most mixed, diverse, biracial, you know, mixed racial family groups probably in the room, you know. And so the the idea of post racial society and and white folks that you know that sticks in my craw, and, and, and as Tony suggested as well as Rapani, you know we know how racially fueled everything is, right? You know because we can't hide from it, we can't block our ears to it, we can't then close our mouth to it either. And so we must speak, we must share, we, we must tell our story, we must speak to what's happening. You know, and, and I did my video, and there's people that are upset about my video, that are worked up about my video. You know, when this first came out, it was a China problem. It, it was all China. And, and I'm talking about November, December. They're having a problem over there. And, and chances are it's not our problem. Let's keep it rolling. And then January came, and then February came, and then now who, the World Health Organization, and, and other American statisticians are now keeping track, are now documenting numbers. And the minute it's 65% got it, are dying with it in, 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 in Atlanta, 20% are dying with it in, in Louisiana and New Orleans. 75% are dying with it in, in, in Chicago. Then it was, let's open the country. Then it was, well, this is not that big of a deal. Then it was, let's quickly move on to the next thing. And, and that, that hasn't changed. You know, the, the harmony of today is, we got this discovery. This, this might be the answer. This might be the vaccine. No, that's why I posted all of those posts this morning, back to back to back, about the reemergence of this virus in China, the reemergence of this virus in other parts of the world. And, and Val, I know you paid attention to it. Pani, I know you paid attention to it. Uh, there, there are many others in this room who noted those, po- those posts. Who, who paid attention to those posts. So how is it not now a real issue? How, how is this not now everything to do with race and, and, and ethnicity? And, and who is most likely to not have access to not just this crazy experimental drug, you know, that he's willing to, to put himself at, at risk with, but 
the poor person, the poverty and strict constricted person, the person has got to work every day to, to, to meet their needs. You know, that's not even a part of the argument. That's not even a part of the conversation. And so that's why as activists, as revolutionaries, you know, we have to stay on the front lines of stay home. We got to stay on the front lines of protect your ass. We've got to stay on the front lines of if you don't have to run out there, don't run out there. It's nothing, nothing more important than your life. Nothing. And we know how much they care about your life. (laughs) I compare it to slavery. Even us as individuals don't seem to care as much as we should. I had someone to invite me to a fish fry at the end of June and wanted to know if my son would come cook because he's a chef. The first thing that came to my mind is, you ain't never said boo about my son, so why do you want to hire him to come do something now? And not even hire, just have him come cook for free. And so my response was, number one, no, he will not be coming. Um, we don't know what's going to happen at the end of June. And I promise you there's going to be a resurgence because everybody's too busy trying to get out their house and get back to life as, you know, the status quo. And there is no status quo. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Thank you all so much for being on my phone lines, but I welcome you all to press the number one. Don't forget to press the number one if you have a question, comment, or request um, so that I can bring you into the conversation. And Val, I don't know why your hand is not raised because I know you got something to say. You always got something to say. So nine on one, let's let's yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Kyle, and welcome to the conversation, Val. So nine on one, let's turn your uh your uh thank you, Kyle, and welcome to the conversation, Val. Oh, nine on one, turn your uh. Yeah, turn your turn that background and come on the phone. Thank you. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now. Welcome, beloved. Turn that background. Peace and blessing. Thank you. Peace and blessing. I know you have something to say. You most always do. Peace and blessings, Queen. I hear you in the background. Um, one thing, I just bought a T-shirt that says, lightly melanated, hella black, because I am so sick of people asking me, what are you? What are you? When they see my straight hair, my light, light complexion, and my green eyes. So I say hella black. Try me. That's on that issue. But let's get to this coronavirus issue. It just breaks my heart that my people, mostly as a whole, but don't get me wrong, not everybody, but we Mm -hmm. need us as a whole, Mm -hmm. don't have any control over themselves. No, I mean, they just can't stay in. And Bugalusa, they had over 700 people attend an event 
while a lockdown is going on here in Louisiana that the police knew nothing about, but you know time we hear some second line music. There we go. You know, 13 people got shot up. Yeah. I guess oh, people yeah. was waiting for them to come out. I guess people and was it, waiting. They're going to come outside eventually. And, and, and that's what happened. It was 500 people out there. Over 500 at the time of the shooting. And only five police officers in the whole city working. Nobody knows. They don't even know who the shooter shooters in the drive-by are. Speak but they just time. had to go have a second line because it was a funeral. For one, you under lockdown with a deadly disease that's affecting mostly blacks and brown people. Why? Why can't you just say, well, maybe I should listen. Sometimes we're so busy being rebellious, we rebel at the wrong time. We rebel against the wrong things. That's right. I mean, the lady said, I only wanted to bury, I only want to bury my son. Well, because you wanted to bury your son, who knows how many other families out there, 13, because some had to be flown away, got to bury theirs now. Some had to be flown to trauma centers. But hold on, Tony. Did, Did you see the video? See, they tried to blur out the video. I saw it was a Mardi Gras Indian in the video. It was a black Indian in the video. So, so yeah, they, they have black I, Indians in that area. Okay, I, I was they I have, was wondering, they, did they travel? No, they have places? Mardi Gras Indians all over Louisiana, quiet as it kept. Uh, Rains, Louisiana has a large Mardi Gras Indian um, culture there. Lafayette, Lake Charles, they come out on Mardi Gras Day. It's just mm-hmm. not as promoted uh, mm-hmm. as it is in New Orleans. But, yeah, it, it's a large culture across Louisiana that they don't talk about. Of course, they can't hide the Indian culture in New Orleans. But the ones in those areas not promoting it that well, and, of course, the news media not going to promote it because they don't want it to spread. They don't want any kind of knowledge and stuff to spread about us. But I'm not surprised somebody was masked. I mean, I'm thinking Bugalusa only got 12,000 residents in it. I'm like, oh, my God, that must have been such a huge crowd of black people out there. Oh, yeah. In the middle so of the now, so now I'm listening in two weeks to hear the spike of coronavirus cases in that area. We well, ain't someone hear about else, that. No, Wapani, mm-hmm. you're right. And someone else introduced into the conversation that there was also a city-sponsored event in um, Treeport over the weekend that drew thousands of people. Did you hear about that? About uh, this this city uh, sponsored barbecue that they had in sleep over the weekend? No, I didn't hear about that one. 
ask me about that one. Yeah. But if you notice, if you notice and pay attention to the media, as soon as the media started really pumping hard that it was back and brown people who were mainly dying from coronavirus, that Trump was tired of coronavirus. He wanted to go away now. He want everything opened up. He don't want to talk about it no more. He don't want to do this, that, and the other thing. We don't hear about that second wave coming real bad no more. It's like, and, okay, and it's going to magically disappear. And, and if you remember, my, my regular listeners know that a, a good while back, I suggest that Trump was sick. A good while back, I suggested that Trump had oh, already yay. been exposed to this virus. And so now his team me and, you, and those around him me now and you talked are, about this personally. Yeah, are, are now manifesting the virus. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the only reason he's giving it any attention at all is because now that footprint is around him. And, and he probably contracted it from that Brazilian. He was a typhoid Mary in the White House, I believe, and he refused to wear a mask out of vanity. He's the seven deadly sins. You think it's vanity or or or, or racism? I think it's vanity. Racism is him not wanting to, him not wanting to unveil President Barack Obama's portrait at the White House, which has been a 40-year tradition, I think that's his racism coming out. But his vanity of covering his face is why he won't wear a mask. What you say? Yeah, in I his mind... I, I what think you it's his ego as well, because he is one of the big... Can you hear me? Yeah, speak up for me. He's one of the biggest narcissists I have ever known, and so many of his traits remind me of Joe Lewis. That yes, uh, his, his cohort, the brown beat people, he likes to stare them down into some type of humiliated submission. If you don't agree with him, he got a problem with that. Now you're fired, you're kicked out. That's what happened with Fossey originally until everybody made an uproar, which speaks volume. If we would learn how to see unite and create that united front, ain't nothing he can do with that. Yeah, I agree. So you agree with Val then that um, he didn't cover his face up just just purely out of vanity? Um, I don't know if it's pure, you know, purely vanity, but yeah, I think that's a huge portion of it. Uh, even recently, he was shown out with his people, they had masks on, but not him. Like he invincible or something. He think he, you know, the next white messiah. Yeah, and Raina Love brings up a point that that I also noted. But how is he now taking the hydra? Uh, I can't even pronounce that, y'all. Hydra's hydrochloroquine. Yeah, the hydrochloroquine for two years if he don't have it. And if he doesn't have lupus or NS or, or, or other um, conditions, pre-existing conditions, how other than the fact that he's an entitled 
white man in the White House, how otherwise would he then be taking this drug in the first place? And so I believe that okay. no sensible person put themselves at the risk of what we know this drug can do if they don't have the Corona-19. Okay, last night they broke it down and spoke on um, how is it that he is available to get the hydrochloroquine, and they said that presidents are not treated medically as other people in the the United States simply because they were the president. To say, like, if something happened to me, that would only affect my family. But if something happened to a president, it affects the whole United States. This just didn't start with Trump on that ground because John F. Kennedy was getting so many drugs pumped into him from the White House doctors that we didn't know about until now after the Freedom of Information Act is exposed. Kennedy was very sick. He was on all kind of pills. And last night it came out also that Trump has a heart condition. And to to add that, he's morbidly obese. Mm -hmm. So when they gave him his physical, a heart condition that he's had for a while, remember, he's going on 74 years old. And, you know, they said he had this for a while, this heart condition, but yet and still when they did his physical after he became a president, they gave him a clean bill of health. Well, this heart condition he has, you know, automatically that takes him out of clean bill of health. So now from listening to all the stuff they're saying about hydrochloroquine, that it aggravates heart conditions. I'm wondering, is he lying that he's taking it because he has some investment in the company that makes hydrochloroquine? Because he's such a liar. That's right. He's such a liar. And he know that all his little Trumpsters, going to rush out to the doctors mm-hmm. that are Trumpsters, and they're going to get prescribed hydrochloroquine. It's a manufactured drug. Sure, lupus patients have a hard time getting it, but to my understanding, I think blacks and browns outnumber other people with having lupus. Yeah. So it's not a surprise that that medicine would be in limited supply when we need it, but when they need it, watch it pump out because about in the middle of March, the governor of California said that Trump called him and tried to get him to purchase so much of this hydrochloroquine that he said himself he thought he was being pumped on the phone. He thought it wasn't Trump, that he was being pumped. But he said he said no. Hold on, Tony. You got to just speak louder. Just jump in and speak. It's um, Actually, it's pronounced hydroxychloroquine. Not to be that particular... I'm a writer, and I was um, in the medical field before I got my back hurt, but it's hydroxychloroquine. 
Okay. Thank you. Is that all you had to say, girlfriend? <laughs> well, we can call it Kool-Aid now. <laughs> we can call it Kool-Aid now. <laughs> yeah. That's you know, the new Kool-Aid flavor. He, he's quick to want to be the first for something but not allow nobody else. And I remind you, he is the one who said openly, you know, he mails in his vote, but can't nobody else do that. So mm-hmm. military, military mail in their vote. You said the military? Yeah, military. Where my military people at? The military, when they be um in Afghanistan and all outside the USA, they they mail in their ballots. Wow. So what's the problem then with the American people mailing in their bar, their uh, ballot if they are made to stay at home? What, how are you going to vote? I mean, maybe that's the issue. Um, he's trying to get rid of the U.S. post office. And the post office I read today got over 500 employees infected with the coronavirus and mm-hmm. They only have enough money to operate until September. Mm-hmm. I did not hear that. That's crazy. That's that's Google it. <laughs> I will. I will. I do my research. So when I hear something, I definitely look it up, and that gets my my brother calls me a conspiracy theorist, but that gets mine going. Too many things are lining up for me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and it's not that so, I just think that there are conspiracies out there. I, I just think that sometimes we, you know, reality is often scarier than fiction. I think sometimes we just go way too far out there when the truth and the reality is often right in our face and much more entertaining than, than any, you know, some of these really outlandish conspiracy theories that often go around. Like the idea that this didn't affect black people, that was an outlandish conspiracy theory that ended up hurting us and and didn't even have to be out there. Yes, my indeed. wonder, my wonder is this new aspect of coronavirus that seems to be gaining speed amongst children. We didn't hear about this until I heard about it from. Como, the New York governor, brought it up because at the time they had 20 children in the hospital and two dead. So you know me, I went to looking it up. Well, it had never been really talked about nationally, and I come to find out children in Louisiana suffered from it, children in California suffered from it. The last I saw it was 180 affected children. With about five deaths, the pictures of the children on the ventilators and with all those tools up their nose, up their arms, is heartbreaking. White kids and black kids and brown kids that's affected by it. Now, I'm wondering if this thing really takes speed. If all these people out in the street clamoring for everything to reopen already, are willing to sacrifice the lives of their children because Hmm. throughout the whole coronavirus that's been going on up until now, 
mm-hmm. I would see parents shopping with masks on, and their kids didn't have masks on, running around, touching everything because it came out that coronavirus didn't affect children. Now we That's learned right. something new. That's right. And I keep saying it's a big difference between your patriot, conservative, Republican, evangelical protester, who, who, who chances are is not poor, who chances are is not struggling, who chances are is not disadvantaged in the way we, people of color, indeed are. It's a completely different thing for them to be out there and to stay like, you know, to stand up. It's a whole nother thing when my people believe it. And going about like business as usual. You know, I get quite a bit of deliveries, y'all know. So I see postal employees every day. I see FedEx employees every day. I see UPS employees every day. Now, I'm not using Uber, but my neighbors are. So I see the Uber drivers pull up on my block. Ain't nobody got no mask on. Nobody under 50 has a mask on. And, and like Tony and Pony just suggested, it's like nothing is happening. It's, it's like they, they're in line with what these patriots are saying. And, and there's, no, there's no difference. I remember when, when Farrakhan first noted that for me back in the 80s. This, this, and then what this, you know, this, this conscious sort of radical edge mm. of black uh, uh, community is, is saying and, and the similarities in, in those messages. But the difference is going to be the outcome. The, the difference is going to be the outcome. We can't afford it. We don't have the backup for that. We don't have anything in place to protect ourselves and our community if this outbreak continues within our neighborhood, within our neighborhood. So I'm not doing what everybody else is doing. I'm doing what's in my best interest. The most selfish card in the deck. It's not negative. It's not toxic. It's about self-care, self-awareness, doing within your own best interest and, and the sake of that of your family. Listen, y'all, I appreciate you at area code 845-277-9143. We do invite you to press the number one on your telephone keypad. So we can bring you as well into the conversation. Um, yeah, your vote does really count, Raina. I, I, I feel like the now, – now you just touched on something that's a hot topic for me and Val because, you know, I, I say all the time a no vote is a vote for, for the – when we don't get involved, it's a vote for the oppressor. Now, now, Raina, if you're one who does not vote, but then you have a loud voice, you have an active voice, you're doing to sort of move things forward in your community, then, hey, I can't judge you. But often when I find people say, well, well I don't vote and it's not worth the vote, um, they're not doing anything else to sort of turn the tide uh, for their community actively. And that's my part of the argument. Tony, I know you're there. Miss Val. Yeah, I'm here. Let's hear you. Well, you know me and you have this. Me and you have this conversation all the time. 
about it, and my biggest concern is, as always, and what we must take an active part in doing away with the electoral college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I hear people all the time on Facebook, on social media, saying black people didn't get out and vote and black people didn't. Yes, we did. People seem to forget that Hillary Clinton won the election by millions of votes. The Electoral College took that away from her and gave it to Trump. That's right. right. So people do get out and vote. Black people do go out and vote. But we have that famous veto button that's held by the Electoral College. While Trump was in office this four years, that's what we should have been working on, getting rid of the Electoral College, which a lot of people, no matter how much I post it about the Electoral College, a lot of people still don't know about. And, and, and a lot of people still don't know about it. And they don't know about so their district either. Say that again. So, you know, hold on. Ahead, hold that on should... Tony, hold on for a second. Say okay. The districting, how they like, when you go to buy a house, I tried it when we bought this house. They would not tell me how many black people were in the neighborhood. Nothing like that. No demographics of any kind, political party, nothing. But they will place you in a neighborhood according to your demographic. Old shadows, the vote. If they have a certain number of um, Republican votes in a district, they want to take that and supersede that over the entire uh, popular vote. Because now they're going by this districting that they've set up. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree with that. So how? And how, guess what? Go ahead. As gentrification enters the yeah. program, you may have heard that they are rearranging those districting lines. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. gentrification takes over. They change the maps in the lines, the red lines, the blue line. What they call it, blue lining, when they take and change because more white people have moved into that district now. So now they can't keep it the way it was. They need to get more delicate for the electoral college. Yeah, I, I agree. So, so how then do we continue to tell people? You know, as I do, that they should vote, that they vote does count. You know, how, how do we keep people actively participating in the process? Because, because again, I, I, I'm not against the person who chooses not to vote, but are they active in the process? That's what's important to me. Right. Thank you. And I like what. Well Raina, well, Raina Love said, I vote because our ancestors went through too much so we could have the right to vote. I, I agree. And that's why I'm registered to vote. 
That's why I registered to vote to show support for our ancestors. Last month, I went up, well, we had a recent vote. Um, I don't remember when it was now, but when I looked it up, I saw it. I didn't see it on TV. Nobody told me nothing about it, you know, but I was just curious. I went up there, and when I walked in, it's like I live in an exclusively white neighborhood. We are the only black people to live in my area. So when I walked in there and I see all these baseball cap wearing, overall wearing white folks sitting around the table, and it's only like seven of them, and there's no one else there, and I'm dressed in my normal African garb that I like to wear, they looked at me and I said, um, aren't we going today? And they actually turned out to be really friendly people. You know, the one guy was like, girl, I think you're a little, you're a little anxious. You know, so it was the next day. But that's how serious I am about voting. If I don't, if I know something should be coming up, then my brother says all the time, in this day and age, you have no excuse to be bored. There's no such thing as bored. There's too much that you can do, too much you can learn. My thing is research. I hadn't voted in a little minute. I needed to know when it was coming up, so I looked it up. And that's when we have to become more proactive in our own development because nobody else is going to develop us. And nobody will develop us if we don't develop the individual. I absolutely agree. Um, area code 757, welcome to the conversation. Who's calling and where are you calling from? Hi, beloved divine friends. This is Oracle Treehouse. Say, say your name again. You Hi, broke everyone. Up a... Oh, it's Oracle Treehouse. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, how you doing, beloved? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? All is a blessing. All is a blessing. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. I'm sorry. I was I was so caught up reading the uh, messages in the chat as as I listened to my brother on Block Radio. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, you good. You good. I was. I good conversation. Totally agree with what everybody's talking about. Um, but I believe that's how he's how he's going to quote unquote win. Now I've heard that um, they say that even if he does lose, that he's going to act like a baby and not want to leave the White House. I hope that's not the case. I they really do need to get rid of this congressional college thing because, like my beloved said, that's how he won that congressional college BS. And I believe that's how he might try to win again. That's if we don't come out and actually vote like we're supposed to. I mean, personally, I am going to vote. I thought about not voting at one point in time, but I'm like, you know what? I'm still going to put my put, do it because, like Beloved said before, our ancestors did fight for us to have this right. So I'm going to use it and just be like, divine, God, I need you to help get him out of there because, this is ridiculous, but I, for some reason, people are saying that even if he does lose, he's not going to leave, which I think is crazy, but it do sound like him. Yeah, it does, mm-hmm. uh, and, it, and indeed it would be, it would be crazy. Uh, it would be hella entertaining. <laughs> yes. But I don't know if he legally, you know, has any real precedent, you know, to just refuse to, to move. Um, something else, too, I want to say, 
and I want to get it on record. I need y'all to pay attention. He's not going to survive. I see that I, I've had a dream. I've had a vision. He won't survive past December. Now, I'm bold enough to say it right here live on air. It's, it's in archives, so y'all can pull it back out later on, and, and you can roast me if you want to. I don't see him surviving past December. Now, what I'm not clear about is corona, heart problems, heart problems from taking the, 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 the experimental drug. I'm not sure exactly what. I am clear on health. I'm clear on some kind of death, you know, surrounding the White House. So I, I'm predicting right now, live on air, that he does not physically make it into 2021. Beloved Divine Prince, it's interesting that you say that. Um, I don't know if everyone knows who. Um, oh, my God, I can see her face. Oh, my goodness. Um, Sylvia Brown. When all of this started, everybody was quoting something from one of her books that she had actually predicted. She didn't say actually corona, but she said that this disease would come that affects the lungs and the and the um the respiratory system. It will come, it'll go, it'll come back and then it'll go again. But she also mentioned something about a sitting president during this time would pass. She would have she said something about heart issues, but I was looking I was I was like, Oh my God, I I I look and then you made the prediction right there, so Yeah, that's resonates with what I see. Yeah, that, that resonates what I see. Some kind of stroke, some kind of heart attack. You know, mm. um, you know, when we think back to like Bush in Asia, you know, they tried to kill Bush mm. in Asia. Do y'all remember that? Mm. <laughs> you know, so um, <laughs> I, I, now Val, I know you remember that. I, I don't see him surviving. Yeah. Like Russia and, and China and, and, and what they do when they want to get rid of somebody, you know, if, if they can't blow some powder in your face or, or, or touch you physically with some kind of um, toxic agent, um, th- there's always this connection to heart and, and heart problems. You know, when you look at Russia, for instance, and, and how they've gotten rid of many of their elected officials. So um, I'm not even sure if it comes from a foreign national or if it comes from right within our country. What I'm certain of is that, as Keona said, he doesn't survive. That uh, it's a reoccurring thing, you know, in the dream state. So I'm I'm willing to put that on record. That's possible. I don't even know what to say. Say that again, Wapani. I said that's powerful. I don't even know what to say. Like the yeah, only thing that keeps through my spirit is it, it is so. That's the only yeah. thing I I hear in my head. Yeah. And it's not the kind of thing I have to well, make tightly. Go ahead. Well, Mitch McConnell then said that if Trump is not elected again, 
the Republicans will block anything coming down the pike that the new president recommends, signs, the House, anything. They're going to block it straight off the bat. So he fear-mongering right now against the white people, making them fearful that if, you know, the House recommends or puts into act that Social Security not be cut, that food stamps and welfare, because you know and I know they're the biggest recipients of all of those things. Except mm-hmm. maybe Social Security, because black don't crack as fast as Portsmouth. Yes, but indeed. they're afraid that simply because the new administration says it, that it'll be vetoed and won't go nowhere, and then they'll vote to cut it. They'll get a vote and say, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to cut it. And it but gets they- cut. So. He's already putting fear in white America as much saying you better vote for Trump. The only way the Electoral College is not going to intervene in this new election is if Trump actually wins by the votes. Hmm. So my big hope is that the Electoral College will be a Afraid to elect him two times in a row because not all white people like him. You got many anti-Trump white people. And to pit the anti-Trump against the pro-Trumps because of the electoral college, that could actually start a war. Mm-hmm. That will be swept up into Just like we got swept up Into the Civil War Because that Civil War was not about Freeing the slaves yeah, they're, they're not <laughs> A lot of people think the Civil War Was about freeing the slaves That's not true It's about freeing the economy <laughs> and yes, It was about the economy Between yeah. the North and the South the South, who was the producer of the textiles, and the North was the, um, they were the growers and the manufacturers up North that turned them, the cotton, into sheets and shirts and all this his stuff. So that's what that war was about. But we got swept up to it, and the war would not stop, and Abraham Lincoln played a card saying, well, South, if you don't bow down, I'm going to free the slaves. And he thought that was going to make them back out. But ain't nothing more stubborn than Southern white Ku Klux Klan. (laughs) And they made him call his hand. And he had no choice but to say, I got to free the slaves because I already said it. If he would have went back on that, the war, we still be fighting the Civil War right now. Yeah. We'll still be fighting the Civil War. But our only recourse is either Trump is totally defeated and the Electoral College is afraid to 
do it to us a second time. So you have to get out and vote on that assumption. Those of you who you have to get out on that assumption. That's right. And those of you who are still not going to get out and vote, you have to make sure others do. You you have to make sure that your voice is heard. You got to make sure that a, that a demonstration. You have to make sure that a demonstration is made. So that we live and exist in the environment that we choose, that we choose. I, I, I agree with your right to say not to vote, Dee Dee. I, I, I agree with your right to believe that the vote does count. I, I just don't agree. I, I just don't agree. And I still think we have an opportunity to make a difference, to, to make a change. More so now than ever before. We're finding that the millennials, um, they don't believe like we believe. <laughs> you know, it's almost like, uh, uh, what's the horror movie? Uh, Skeleton Key. You know, they don't believe like they used to believe anymore. <laughs> you know, it just takes them so much longer now to, to believe. But we've got to make it clear to them. Not only, as Wapani said, do we need to check in on and look out for you know, our, our elders, but we need to listen to them more. Their their opinions matter, and their opinions over the generations have shaped the community action, the community activity that we took uh, along the way, within and outside of that whole religious dynamic. There, there's a whole active part of, of the black community that's completely separate from the black church, it's not controlled, you know, by the black church. And we street level at the grassroots level, and particularly in this format, opportunity to teach, to share, to influence thousands of people, maybe millions of people when we when we pull our energy together. But but we can't be silent. We we can't be inactive. We have to be active participants. And all all my witches and wannabe witches and practitioners and, and bruja out there and brujo out there, you know, you have somewhere now to focus your energy. <laughs> you now have somewhere to, to target, you know, your your energetic scientific activity, you know, and write them down. Make sure you're being clear about your target. Make sure you're being clear about where you're focusing your energy. But by all means, we must do something. We can't just, hey, Kiona, welcome to the conversation. Hi, greetings. Uh, Hello, everyone. We can't just sit Hello. back and wow, happen the way we've done in, in previous elections. Hello, beloved. Your mic is Yes, okay, so this is what I'm trying to understand. Whether there's a Democrat three, three, or uh, Republican. You just rose your hand. I thought you had something to say, girlfriend. Greetings. Who froze Greetings. Hand? I'm right here. Hello. Okay. Hello? Can you hear me? I invite you all before you run out of time to call me. I hear you. Uh, two, I hear you, Kiana. Oh, I hear you, love. The one princess say he can't hear me. He's just rolling right on. Please do the number one on your telephone keypad when you are ready with your question, Prince. comment, Prince. or request. 
that virtually raises your hand for me here on the switchboard. Maybe opportunity to open your mic and still bring you. He might have us muted. Uh, D.D., what are you saying? Can y'all see him? Okay, now listen. I, I get the illusions, but you got to be specific. You, you got to be specific. Well, when going into battle, you know, a general has to choose a target. Has to be clear about what the target is. So it's not enough to you know, collect your stimulus, you know, uh, uh, pay taxes, walk around and, 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 and carry a, uh, walk around and carry a social security number and then not actively participate in the process. Um, error code 612. Who's calling? Where are you calling from? Oh, okay. Wait a minute. My apologies, y'all. I had I had everything on mute. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> Keon, I didn't hear a word there you said. <laughs> Keon, I didn't hear a word you said. Um, and if anybody was talking, I didn't hear you. My apologies. I had the computer on mute because I keep getting the dings and the pings, and, 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 I, and I muted the computer momentarily. Eric Code 612, your mic is now open. Um, who are, Who's calling? Hi. Hello. Hello. That's gotta, okay, that's got to be Sterling because we can't hear you. <laughs> so that's got to be Sterling. I'm um, calling on Eric Code 612. Um, thank you. Akiona is back. Let me open her mic. My apologies, beloved. It, it was all on me. <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, all is a lesson. Regardless of what president that we have, they are the spokesperson. They are not, they are the voice. They are the face. When will people finally accept? There are people, families, that have been running this entire world, hmm. centuries. So because you see him standing there with that hairpiece looking like it's possessed, he is not the one making the decision. <laughs> He is I not agree. the one making the decision. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. 100%. The Wizard of Oz showed us that so many years ago about the man behind the curtains. What you see out front, the president is just a figurehead. Yeah. For those that actually run the country, I do believe that. Mm-hmm. So when you see this country, they allowing Trump. I thought, according to the Constitution of the United States, that we the people had the right to remove any president that wasn't working in the best interest of the country. That's what I thought. It was we the people that give them the power, but that's how they got us believing because apparently we see that um, it's a long line of families and organizations that actually put the one president up there instead of a corporation, like futuristic movies are telling us that eventually the country will be 
ruled by corporations. But still in all, he's the figurehead. And even those people that's running the country really don't want it exposed right now. So they have to give the president a certain leeway to do certain things. That is correct. Just like with the government here in each state, the president says do not reopen. These governors had the right. So why would someone say, oh, they don't want to go vote at the presidential election? There's other elections just besides that one. That people look over. They don't. They don't. They don't look at every election. Our ancestors built that White House. Our ancestors' blood is in this soil. They hung from trees. So mm-hmm. it is to me when I say it with great passion and flat out insult to sit there and say that you will not say anything by casting your vote because you don't matter because you're saying that they don't matter. You're saying that they were skipped. That they that their genitals were hung, cut off. That they were that they were stood naked on the auction auction off like property and and they did it in vain. That you were standing that bloodline and don't say nothing, then you keep quiet. Then you forever don't say nothing, don't complain, don't say nothing. Be mum, be mum. Don't say nothing because we have a right, our blood right, to stand up and say something. Vote. Vote. Yeah, I, I agree. Have a voice. You, you, you give away power by not voting. Erica 310. 310. Who's calling? Where are you calling from? This Dee Dee. Hey, Dee Dee. Thank you for Dee Dee calling me. my baby. I'm going to love you and my sisters on this show. Okay. <laughs> we, built, we built all of this. They would have a Republican Party. Our Democrat Party beside uh, what we did. We're the original people. I don't got to vote for you. Y'all ain't voting for us. Y'all don't take care of us. You give us, us welfare programs and your fake institutions of what your prisons is building. Vote for what? For what, what are you doing for us? And then what I get that we can't even take care of ourselves and love each other and even each other. Yourself. We lost all things, building things for these people. Something got to give, and it ain't no vote. I'm sorry. It's just not no vote. Listen, I I hear you, beloved, and and I, you know, to to a certain extent, I I agree with your premise. I don't agree. I don't agree at all. I do not. I do not agree at all. I'm not going to argue with my brothers. I do not agree at all because guess what? This world does not owe us nothing as far as we talk about them people and that because some of those people, they're in our blood too. We're not 100% African. We're not 100% anything. So some of those people, right. think this, 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 just besides us having their last name, some of their blood is in us too. So, and, right. and not all of them were evil and not all of them did us wrong. So we can't do that. We, can't, right. we can't pull that victim but card. Still. But we have a voice. We have a voice but to be able to, to control say something. people, controlling them, controlling their free will, controlling with their religion and how they think. You're supposed to think like this. You're supposed to think them. No. I like to see my sister being beautiful and who she is and how she's thinking. I appreciate that. Like, if you disagree with me, I'm fine with that. 
If no, you no, no. So we're saying two different things, goddess. We're saying two different things. Your 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 path, that's a calling. Your path is what you're supposed to do. That's why you're here. What I'm saying is is that we had slaves, right? There were congressmen, councilmen. During slaves, and some of them were pedophiles. They raped little kids. No, no, no. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm not trying to paint a picture that they were perfect people. So I want you to please hear me with an open heart. I'm not passing judgment upon you. What I'm saying to you is, is that is our voice. It's not just the presidential election. There are other votes for for votes for judges. So we talk about the judicial system. We talk about that we have more black men that's locked up than than, um, right now than there were men that were captured and sold into slavery, right? So who are voting these judges in? Who are voting voting these wardens into these prisons? So if you don't go vote, then how can you say that you want to complain about this control and do that because it was someone's vote to put that judge in that seat? He didn't get there because he was that's those ones you voting for. Do you really go research what they were doing they passed their bloodline? Nobody do that. People do do that is what I'm trying to articulate to you. Not every single person, oh, but it's people who do do that. still go on today. And you know why they're able to have such presidents and you know why they're able to have so much power is because we don't say nothing. We've been we've been doing this as black people for years. The police can come and somebody can get murdered. The police can come and somebody can get murdered, and we okay, won't say on, nothing. Hold on, hold on. The police. Hold on, hold on. We can't hear both of y'all. Y'all talking over each other. For years, for now, years, we don't now, say on. nothing. For years, we sit Yo, around. Hold on. Hold on. Now, I, I, there are aspects of what both of you all are saying that I agree with. I just think that we're crossing over into too many different areas. When we look at voting as, as being either the be all to everything or to take the other side, excuse me, to take the other side as, you know, somehow just not worth our time at all. And see, my problem with that is, okay, when you don't vote and then they say slavery is back in effect or they say oh. we're going to charge more in the black neighborhood or they say we're going to tax more in the black neighborhood. We're, our only protection is that is those few black folks that voted, those few white folks that voted in, in our best interest in that particular case scenario, if we just choose not to vote. I'm also concerned about all these new black female judges. How are all these black female judges and, and congressmen and, and mayors making it into office if we don't vote? We can't say it's happening purely on the white folks, particularly if I take your position, it's all wicked. So why then would they be voting black women in the office? Unless you're saying those black women are wicked. Why would they then be voting black mayors into office? Unless you're in agreement that they are somehow completely surrendered to the system. And and I also want to say everybody's mic is open, including yours, Sterling. You have just got to speak up. If we can't hear you, especially in a conversation like this, <laughs> then... Prince, then, can I then say one up. thing? Do you remember yeah, that New York judge that was murdered in New York and they put her body in the Hudson River? Yeah. 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 
Because she was uh, Islam. Erico three one eight. Who's calling and where are you calling from? This little culture. How y'all doing? Greetings, beloved. Yeah, I remember that. I, I, I get what both of them saying. I get what Keona's saying, and you know, in agreeing with you. And this is a little background noise. I'm sorry, but uh, um, I get what Keona's saying because, like, for instance. The boy who got shot just recently in Georgia, that could have been a law. In Georgia, there's laws to say citizens, police to other citizens if they find them doing something wrong, right? Um, and that could have been a law that we skipped out on and then vote and white people voted for it. So I get what Keona's saying, and yeah, it is true. Like, okay, we have to vote. We have to be aware of the laws that have been passed, and now they can arrest you on some stuff and say, "Hey, you arrested, you got to go to jail." And then as soon as you resist, you say, "No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to jail." But hey, you just you just skipped out on this law that has have been passed because you ain't voted. So I get what she's saying too. You know what I mean? Um, but also I get what um, the other young lady saying it because. This is a fake system, but we have to understand that if we're going to eradicate the system, death has to occur. Somebody going to have to risk their lives for it. And if we ain't ready to risk our lives for it, then we, gonna, we, we need to vote. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, it's really okay. Can I say something, Brent? Yeah, go ahead, beloved. Okay, what if we couldn't vote? What would be our recourse to make things better to us if we couldn't vote? I think that's a good question. That, that, that has everything to do with what I was getting ready to say. You know, if, are we willing to overthrow the system? Are we willing to get rid of the system? Are we willing to stand up and put our lives on the line for it? And, and until that yeah. happens, or we're in that place, then we're forced to play the hand we're dealt. We're forced to play within the game that's already so been. I'd like to say. Can let me interject? Hold on, Val. Okay, the listeners. Hold on, Val. Go ahead with Pani, but you got to speak up. You and Sterling have to project more. Yeah, when I was talking, it was everyone was talking, so that's okay. But um, I also see all sides, and I look at it this way. What can we do to change all of that? Number one, I, I agree with the brother said, we need to learn the law. And, and how is a law made? Well, it comes from a bill. How do you get a bill passed? Right to representatives. There's a process. process. And once you do, others, but also teach others how to support ourselves in our communities. How do we bind together and enrich our own community? How do we make a better school system, a better curriculum? you got to learn to research that, start implementing it. And once you start doing that, these, like my brother said, these representatives didn't just get put in there. That's not a part of a, of a great scheme on the big run. 
Yeah, it is, but not. What I'm saying is, we have the ability to affect that. I've seen it. I saw it in a yes. small municipality I lived in. I was yes. in Mississippi at the time, somewhere around August, and the people right. didn't vote. They ever did anything, and finally somebody came in there and started teaching them, taught them how it does work. Who do you want to come in the office? It was a second yes. person. They voted. They got what they wanted, and the other person had had something like a twenty-something year reign. So we can change, but we have to other and teaching ourselves about the law and the system. As much as we don't want to be a part of it, you know, be in it but not of it. We hear. Yeah, I agree. And and my thing is, particularly from I deal with every day, um, it's a struggle. Listen, it's a struggle to teach some of y'all, to share with some of y'all. To, to help you move to the next level because some of us don't want to do no work. Some of us don't want to have to read. Some of us don't want to have to look at the legislation. So Some of us don't want to have to figure out what these words mean. And it's so much easier if somebody else do it. Somebody else takes the position. I look at our community. So we push a handful of leaders up to the front line and often sacrifice them process. We, we push a handful of uh, and then when they get to the front and, and, and they speak loudly with authority and conviction, then we don't support them. Then we aren't there to back them up. Then we are there to support them, you know, with, with our dollar or, or our dime, you know, or with our time and our effort. And we keep, every generation, we keep sacrificing our leaders and pushing a handful, a dozen of leaders out there and they give their lives for us. Their families give up their, their lives and their space for us. And then we fall back and wait for the next, the next one or, or the next group. And, and how do we move beyond that mindset? But particularly with all this technology at our availability, how do we move in mass beyond that mindset? Other than the same dozen or so people, same handful of people, you know, putting their neck out, stretching out to be on the front line. You know, uh, I talk about it sometimes as it relates to me. You know, y'all going to hold my name up after I'm dead. Y- y'all not going to support me now. You're not going to click like. You're not going to subscribe. You're not going to share. You're going to, lo- you know, you're going to sit and listen and love the entertaining show. But many of you ain't going to support me until I'm, I'm gone just like our artists and our great artisans. And so we've got to stop repeating that cycle of sacrificing our leaders, sacrificing our elders, separating the loud voices, the, the, the loud activists from the community and allowing them to be fodder, fodder in this, in this battle while we sit back and, and complain. While we sit back and critique, we've got to take a more proactive position in what's going on than we ever did, than we ever did in garbage time, than we ever did in the 50s and the 60s, than we ever did in the 70s. It's not going to get easier as we move forward. It would be nice if it did, but it's not going to get easier. It's going to require that much more. It's going to require that much more from us. 
Sterling, beloved, your mic is still open. I would love to hear from you today. Well, I wanted <laughs> to finish with saying what I was trying to say. Um, Go ahead. Oftentimes, as black people, we have to change our narrative. We have to stop not being heard. We have to stitches get uh, 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 snitches get stitches. We got to cut that out. Speak up. Vote. Another thing that I wanted to say, a lot of times a lot of us see ourselves as a welfare recipient and what can the government give to us. In order for the government to give, if that's how you want to view it, you have to be able to vote so they'll know. You have to complete the census so they'll know who's in your area to be able to put the funding there. But we say, oh, you know, um, they don't care about us. Were they supposed to? Did they care about you when they stole your ancestors and purchased them and brought them over here? When, when was that going to change? Because they gave you your freedom papers, they was going to like you all of a sudden because y'all have the same skin complexion? Like, come on. And I'm passionate about voting because I remember going to the voting polls as a child. And people ask me now, do you vote? I've been voting since I was 18 years old, and I will always vote. Am I happy with what I see? No, I'm not, but I'm not going to not vote. And I'm off it. Well, we appreciate your opinion Hello. and your Can you hear me? Yeah. Um, well, I was going to say, I just feel like we're at a day and age where people are losing hope in the system, and they're seeing that voting is a task that simply just keeps things stagnant in one way or another, considering that there's so much corruption going on in the deep state. So I just feel like people are about ready for a complete paradigm shift. Thank you. A new government by any Thank means you. necessary. Thank you. Now I ask you and Didi, how, how does that happen? And how soon are y'all going to be armed? You're not depending on things that don't help you. Now, the sister said we was on these slave ships. I study more science. So I already know our people were already over here, and they slaughtered our people. Vote for what? You only had 13 colonies, and you was right over there living Didi, like an honor. Didi, 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 can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, that, that's who's talking, right? I, listen, hold up. I'm, I'm, I study more science. Okay. You never answered and my question. I, I asked you three times. I, you never answered my question. I did. So if we do not know, what you said, what we gonna do? Exactly. I want to know how soon are you gonna be armed, and what do you plan to do? Right now, not, for, for me, it's nothing but death. So you're saying that I'm not going to no keep problem. living like this and thinking about voting and who wouldn't live like that? Didi, I'm trying to understand you. Stop getting upset. So what you're saying is we're going to die regardless? So, so don't no, vote. I'm not saying that, but voting ain't, ain't going to be the cure for everything. I didn't say it was. It's not. <laughs> I didn't say it was, and I made that clear. It's not the be-all to everything. I said that. 
But but on the flip side, when you're not voting, you're giving other people the option to make a choice for you. And based on what but you're saying, only made de facto up. laws, and that's that's stuff that they made up for themselves. And them people in Congress are pedophiles, and they do more worse stuff than we even do on the street. So, so you're saying that they the don't ever stay on cold with no laws that they do. So why would I want to vote for y'all? And I know what y'all are. So you're saying that the black politicians, the black female judges, the black mayors, that they all pedophiles? I ain't say all of them are. But some of them cover themselves up. Did you see Andrew Gillum out there having a good time? And you got a wife and kids, but you 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 having fun. I don't get a chance to do that. I think about my people all day. It don't never leave me. That's never. Why asking, that's why I'm asking you the question. So what do you plan to do if you don't plan to vote, if you don't plan to be a part of the system, what do you plan to do for black people to move them to the next level? That's what I'm asking you. Well, you give us an option other than voting. What's the option? Just unification. We got to be together closer. We are unified. We, we unified in selling crack, heroin. We unified. No, I ain't saying no, 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 no. no, I'm talking about love. Like, love each other a little bit more than we do. Okay. Less gossiping. Less okay. hood stuff. Okay, I, I, I agree with that. I, I agree with that. I'm just trying to get, get a um, clear. Can I say something? Yeah, please. Can I well, refer back? <laughs> I didn't know someone else was trying to speak. I wanted to refer back to Cubanga real quick. Yeah, I mentioned self-governing. And that's, that, that, I don't know, that's like the the golden nugget for me because we could learn a system that works for our own system and we can learn how to self-govern and then we can learn how to make it a state, but you have to do some research into what you, we can't just idealize a kumbaya root, uh, root work, groundwork, lay a foundation. What is the foundation going to be? These are questions we must ask ourselves to build a self-governed nation within a nation. Uh, that and that ain't happening no time soon. It's happening. <laughs> it's happening. No, let me tell you. First, let me ask. Everybody talking about voting, do y'all know that every so many years, they, Congress have to vote on whether or not we can still vote? Oh, yeah. That's crazy. We we still less than a year. They human. can take the vote from us like every five, ten years. The last time I up for vote, Obama was the president. Mm-hmm. These little things they don't tell y'all out loud. You may hear it on the back page. Oh, Congress to vote on the Voters Registration Act or whatever it's called, um, the Voting Act of whatever year it was, and. They could change this act. 
And when Obama was president, it was time for this to be voted on, whether or not to let black people continue to vote. And what came out of that was they allowed certain states to make up their own voting guidelines. That's why in Trump election, you saw certain states come up with these new ID clauses. You couldn't vote unless you had IDs. This is why you saw a lot of polling stations in black neighborhoods close down because the only way Obama could get that passed was to allow these certain things to be added to the clause of the Voting Rights Act that was signed by Martin Luther King. We are not guaranteed permanently, permanently the right to vote in this country. And that's why I feel that self-governing in any case scenario is best because that develops the the individual. The individual that's has what to learn how to speaking. That's what Pine is speaking. Well, I think that yeah. if we start oh, hold on, by policing... Hold on. Yes, Bob, okay, here's was... a good example. Yeah, because we could never forget when the Constitution, we was for uh, a three-fifth of a uh, human. Can you can't can never forget what these people are doing. Time. I can't hear all of y'all at the same time. Tony's trying to talk. Sterling's trying to talk. I think Dee Dee was trying to talk. Just hold on for a second. Let me, Sterling, let me finish this because I have to leave. Okay. Self-governing is the quote-unquote word for the day. I love my black people. I have fought for them in prisons when they couldn't fight for themselves in neighborhoods. But let's be real, people. We can't even commit to buying black, let alone self-governing. Perfect example I have daughters that do trap house nails like a professional, hairstylists like a professional. When everything was locked down and the Vietnamese stores and the beauty shops was closed, my daughters was working around the clock. They opened up the nail the nail salons. And they get appointments dropped left and right because two-two chains then open back up, and that's where they want to go for such. Not to say they they love my all over the internet. That's how they got so much business. Loved how my daughters did the nails. Loved how my daughters did the hair. But the minute they could go back to old habits, instead of getting stuff done in the leisure and comfort of their own home or wherever it was comfortable, they'd rather run back to the Asiatic nail salons. And that's what happened during the integration. We sold the same ice cube as the white man sold, but our people wanted to run and buy the white man ice over our ice, and the water came from the same well. Before we could get into self-governing, 
each other. We got to agree to support each other on a lower level, starting with our black entrepreneurs, our black business owners, by black, the same yakky hair that they sell in the Asian beauty supply shop is sold at the black beauty supply shop, but our people will not go in there. We got 99 complaints about why we don't buy black. Oh, they rude to you. They just that and the other thing to you. I don't like dealing. Their price is too high. No, they're not. That's in your mind. It's the same price. It's the same price. Plus gas money you save by buying it in your own neighborhood instead of driving 10 miles away to go buy it at the Vietnamese store. Okay? Yes, ma'am. We have to come together on a level. On a lesser level, we have to first respect each other and all our various shades of blackness. We got house nigga, fear nigga syndrome so bad. We talk about white people being racist. We racist within our own system. We prejudice against light-skinned blacks and dark-skinned blacks and African-skinned blacks. Oh, you think you pretty. Yes, we have to stop all of that. We have to teach our children because I'm going to tell you, it's too late for us as a majority to change our habits. If it takes 22 days to stop smoking or stop doing drugs or 22 days for something to stop being a habit, it's going to take 22 years for us to break this habit we have. All black people ain't good. All white people ain't bad. But we got to start seeing everybody for who they are and where they can fit in and help us. If it's not for our betterment, black, brown, or yellow, no thank you. But we cannot just say self-governing. We're not going to see it in this lifetime. And white folks ain't going to let us go because, as with Marcus Garvey, the minute we say we're going out of this country, we're going back to Africa, white folks went to shutting down the ship (laughs) because they know they cannot run this country without us. Right. You just said a lot. You just said a lot, girlfriend. Now, can somebody else get in there? I can go, y'all. I love y'all, but I got to go. Okay. <laughs> Peace right. and blessings. Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings. Much love. Much love. Yes. Thank yes. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay, but my question is still the same. And who to occultism? I, I need you to jump in there, brother. My, my my question is still the same. So, what is the alternative? What's the alternative to, to sit back and wait for this to be Sounds like sounds like you're on the screen. Sounds like you're on the screen. Y'all waiting for comics to come out of the sky? 
I say, like I said, you know, um, if we really want change, we're going to have to really be about that. And right now, um, piggybacking off what your mom said, we ain't ready. We'll get killed the first day. So we're not ready to make no change, so we have to vote. Because we feel slaves, you know. We'd rather go to the nail shop than actually actually vote. Now, I'm with old girl, but it's going to have to be some lives that have to be lost. And that's what it is. That's how everybody else did it, you know. And we don't focus in on ourselves. We, just, we, we, we like to get in everybody else's business. We want to be with everybody else, like your mom just said. We'll go 10 miles away to go to the to the other gas station. That, we that want, we want to focus in on uh, That was not my mom. That, that was my Okay, my okay. brother. Yeah. Okay. okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, but, we, we don't why, like mine. That's why I asked Stevie. I'll go with what you are and what they can my response mirrored what you're saying now. So so if the system ain't for us, if the system ain't never been for us, and if participating in the system, it's not in our best interest, what is the option? Yesterday I talked I about two that. Go ahead. I have an answer for that. Um, this is just my own belief. Some, something in my very DNA has been drawing me back to Africa. And I found it to be so in my best friend. She, we're watching the same documentaries and never watched them together before. Um, it's something that's drawing us back to our ancestry. Once you get in touch with your roots, it spawns all types of desire for wisdom. You start connecting with your roots, you start connecting with spirit first. Once you do that, Spirit will lead you in the direction that you need to go in order to develop your community so that we can create a viable alternative now. And that's why I say that I can't speak in generalized terms. I can't say all people, all black people, all white people, all votes, all non-votes, because there's so many for everyone to move it all to take that that first changes it for ourselves and then for for the community for for example sustainability just beginning to grow your own food harvest your own food learn how to heat your house learn how to bring energy into your house learn how to do the things that we did not even 50 years ago some of our families still doing it. I still got family that don't have no outhouse, that don't have no no uh, Wi-Fi, no cellular cellular towers in their town in, in Mississippi. So we are not that far removed from the skills that would be necessary to be self-sufficient. But as uh, Tony said, Tony Val said, Antonia, if your mind ain't there. Then, then what point is even knowing this information? 
And, and that's, that's why right. I do what I do. That's why I do what I do. You might not see what I do with all that political. You might not see what I do as, as, as all that hands-on. But I'm doing with the ori, with the mind, with the spirit, with the consciousness, just, just like what Pani said, just like divine self-healing is suggesting, in order for me to return to me, I had to return to the mother, the great mother. And, and not just in garments, not just in jewelry, not just in being able to say Ashe and Alafia, but taking on that lifestyle, returning to a more indigenous way of viewing our relationship not just to each other and to race and to ethnicity, but, but to the planet, but to the planet. No amount of freedom will help us if we can't roast an animal, if we can't feed ourselves, if we can't store water, if we can't generate power and, and or electricity. And, and, and some of what I hear, not necessarily in this room, is a bit romanticized. You know, we're waiting on the comet. We're waiting on the Third World War. We're waiting on the Islamists to, to come and set it off. Then what? Then what? Then who powers what's left? If there's anything left after some post-calamic, you know, atomic bomb or something, then what? Then what do we rebuild from? So, so just waiting on the change is not an option. Just living out your journey now and only focusing on you now in, in no way ensures what those behind us are, are going to have to face. No way ensures what your children or your grandchildren would then have to live in. So from that perspective, it seems all fatalistic to me. From, from that perspective, we, we can't do anything. We damned if we do. We damned if we don't. And so, is that not how we see young people interacting in the world? Why should my life matter? Why should your life matter? Is that not the demonstration that we see? What was the demonstration in, in Bogalusa? Five hundred people out in, in the environment of Corona. And then somebody or several somebodies decide we're going to shoot up the place. So how can we not expect people to be depressed, to be angry, to be full of anxiety, to be pumped up, if not with legal drugs, illegal drugs, to, to find some kind of way to bring balance to it? And that's why I do what I do. That's exactly why I do what I do. That's exactly why there needs to be a revival, a revolutionary Bible, just of voodoo, hoodoo, but of a more indigenous mindset, a more natural mindset. We've got to get in harmony again with nature. We've got to get in harmony again with each other. Yeah, I see it happening in small pockets of the healing. I often suggest, I know somebody else wants to talk. Let me get this out real quick. I often suggest people read Octavia Butler's book, Parable of a Sower. Parable of the Sower by Octavia Butler. And it's a very similar scenario to what we're living under right now. I don't want to give away the book, but gas is hella expensive. Food is hella expensive. People happen to get creative. 
people are having to rely on, mm-hmm. on themselves in small enclaves. Like I know if I was in an emergency, I know my neighbor across the street. I know my neighbor to the right of him. I know my neighbors to the right of me. I know my neighbors to the left of me would come to my defense. I know my neighbors behind me on the next block would come to my aid. Would make sure I had toilet paper. Would make sure I had food if I needed. Would make sure I had ammunition if I needed. Are you building that where you are? Are you creating that where you are? Am I off? Come on now, I got six mics open. Am I No, you're not off. We can hear you. No, we just we have to give you the floor no, to be able no. to speak. No, okay. you're you're on point. Okay, yeah. everybody yeah. everybody talks at once. Sterling, you go first. Oh my <laughs> Yes, you were saying some very on point things there. Um I wanted to say that I feel like if we start building small, like with our communities and getting, like you said, on a cord where we're able to be generous with one another and have each other's back and come to each other's aid. We start small in pockets like that and that be like a thing that we integrate into our society and then we can become uh, communities that share wealth and once we have enough wealth, I'm sure that we'll be able to, you know, provide our own you know, ourselves with our own, like, um, produce, farmlands, all types of stuff. So I, th- I feel like it just starts with coming together and having a little bit of humanity with one, between one another. I, I agree. Um, you, just, you just reminded me of uh, Paris is Burning. And, and what's the new Ooh. show that's on TV right now? A Pose. 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 And you think about the houses. I, that was me. That was my generation. I, I was on the street in the early 80s when those houses were, were active, when those balls were active. And, in fact, Wapani, when she first had Christopher, came and visited me when I was living in New York City on, on, on 110th and 5th Avenue. And let me tell you, I was paying $100 a month in rent at that time. Not because that's what the the, the lease called for, but the person who reached out to me knew that that's all I could afford. And so when I think about those houses and how we, we had the mother, the father, the children, the brothers and sisters, and we made sure everybody got fed, we made sure everybody had a roof over their head. I don't, I don't see that anymore. I, I don't see that anymore. I watch a lot of cop shows. I watch 48 Hours. I like all the prison, you know, reality shows. And so that's the closest I've ever been to a street gang. But often you hear that's why people join the street gang. It's for family. It's for a sense of community. It's for a sense of the gang going to feed me because I might not be getting that back home. And until we can look at back home, what back home is, there's no reason I should have been on the street at 13, 14, 15. There's no reason I should have been forced out there any more than many of you should have been, any more than many of you should have grown up under the, the abuses 
and, and illnesses and sicknesses and diseases and post-traumatic slave disorder that was passed down to us from our grandparents and our great-grandparents and the generations that came before. So when I think about what Antonia said about coming together but lacking a mindset, when I think about what Wapani said about self-sustainability, being able to support ourselves and then each other, when I hear Sterling talk about, hey, what about the gay community? What about those of us who are in the black community, often on the front line, by the way, doing the work? It was a gay black man who organized Dr. King's March on Washington. It's often the gay black men who are sitting with the bow tie on, on, on the pew next to you, but you don't know nothing about they. Uh, we invisible. We invisible. Yet we're often on the front line of change, of transformation. Listen, it, it don't cost nothing to click like. It don't cost nothing to subscribe. I can't tell you how many people I subscribe to and rarely even have the opportunity to even go to their channel. But I support them because of who they are. I support them because of who they represent. So, so the idea of we won't even support the black mm. business, that's very real. That's very real. And when we look at reality TV, entertainment TV, pop cultural TV, and we look at our people, labels down, gold down, silver down, jewelry down, you know, whose names are on those labels? Whose businesses did they support to bring that glam to, to the forefront? So I understand why people would feel negative. I understand why people would feel full of anxiety, full of in fear. I understand why people would give up and not want to not only vote, not vote, but, but not want to participate in any of your little grassroots groups anyway. <laughs> now, now, I don't want to start calling names, but I know people in my circle. They're not coming to your meetings. They're not coming to your protests. They're not about to participate in your, your black unity organizing because they're tired of that drama. They're tired of that gossip, that backbiting, you know, that competition, that ego. Um, who do a call system? I, I muted you for a minute because you had background noise. But you open if you had something to say. Um, everyone is still open. who's still with you. Yeah. Um, I want to say this. Um, first, like I said, um, they are working on to run the world. You can look this stuff up. AI is getting really powerful. Right now, Microsoft is paying people for a computer uh, to collect information from their mind all day. They're paying people for this. They're, pay- they're trying to feed a computer. It, go- it-, it goes bigger than Trump. AI yes, is now able to able to predict almost anything that you do. Uh, 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 um, In social media, they're collecting your data, feeding it to a computer, feeding it to a database. It's it's starting to get bigger than uh, race. 
and you know, and, and, and that's what the, the thing where it's not, you know, you know, I'm always down for my people, you know, but right now they're feeding a artificial intelligence uh, system. They are, and we have to get on hold. But the thing is, the computer is based on what? Binary code. Binary code is the. Sun is the same thing. It's It's So we we've been working with the things that they call our our science. Like you said, we, we first of all we if we want change, if, if we want to vote and make change of system, we got to get on the spiritual, you know, spirit spirituality, you know, and we have to get on the offensive side just as well as them. You know, and because they're doing it on us, see, they're doing it. They're working with our magic. People don't no, no, believe no. it. They are. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. I've taught that from this platform. So, so there's a level of what you're saying right now that I absolutely agree with. And somebody else did, too. I, I'm not, just not sure who. Uh, Didi, Keona, somebody kept interjecting. While you were talking, I think somebody else agreed with what you said, too. But here's my thing. At the same time, we cannot fear, we cannot fear knowledge. We, we cannot fear expansion of intelligence. And, and so now we introduce alien technology into the conversation. Whether we're talking about ancient alien technology or even that which is to come. Now, one of the, the um, one of the um, 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 girlfriend, you just completely threw me off. Um, I'm sorry, but yeah, they try to make us scared. Well, that's my thing. Make us scared of technology. Make us block mm-hmm. technology. Make us fear technology. And, and what if the reality? I know what I was going to say. What if the reality is? that our ancestors, who may very well have been ancient aliens, seeded this planet, seeded that growth in evolution from animal nature to humanity, seeded that growth in technology that took place in the last hundred years. I mean, we see a growth spur in technology just in the last hundred years that outpaced anything that ever existed in our known history. So I'm also cautious about the fear of technology, the, the fear of nanotechnology, the fear of, of, of um, the computer and, and the whole IG uh, conspiracy theory thing a, as a part of keeping us stuck in our animal nature, keeping us limited in, in, in our animal nature because earth law limited, limits us in terms of our ability to grow and expand. That's science, not spiritual. Gravity is, is spiritual. So there are earth laws that we have to adhere to in order for this this marble to be as it is. But we can't also, like Didi just suggested, um, allow them to create this sense of fear in us that we also shut ourselves off to the development of technology and ultimately the move of, of culture and society. You owe me the justice. 
I was born in 1966. You owe me the Jetsons. I'm looking for the flying mobile and, and, and the flying or floating living quarters. You know, where, where is that technology? Um, the whole IG thing, I think, is just propaganda, y'all. It's just propaganda. IG has already been around for years, first of all. <laughs> the Chinese have greater than I than I uh, IG. That's the um, military. That's dealing so with the I, military. What's dealing with the military? The technology that they're dealing with, and they just suggest it and pull it out to the people. They've been doing. You don't think the technology time. that existed prior to was not locked into the military? No. I know that it's beyond that, but what they're giving us is just like a little bit. I got you. Get a little bit. No, no, I'm saying like cable. I'm I'm going back to cable TV. Yeah. You don't think uh-huh. the government is going to get a little bit? I remember the conspiracy then was if they could watch us they, through the yeah. cable box. You remember that? Yep. Okay. Yes, I ain't trying to your age now. I ain't trying to, I ain't trying to give you answer away, but come on now. So, so that's your technology. Yep. You're right. Because I can like, go in and, like, I, I cut the TV on. It's just off for no reason. Like, I had it on. It's just off. And then I hear a whole helicopter over my head. I know what you're saying. Yeah. So I, I agree with you in that they are trying to create fear. But I think there's a, there's a, a certain line we got to draw in terms of fear. You know, are, are we so fearful that we're not keeping up, that we're not educating ourselves, that we are not a part of the, of the system? Let's remove government and just look at internet. Black folks, according to the statistics, we were the last ones to get on board. We were the last ones to have a computer in our house. We were the last ones yep. to have cable TV in our house. Yep. We were the last be like, Look, You ain't going to yeah. watch this for about two hours. <laughs> right. So, I, so I think the fear of technology has always been present. That, that, that fear to keep us in our place has been present. Yep. But I think that when we look at the new, new technology yep. and expand our awareness into some, some subject matters that we have not always you know, talked about, like aliens. Uh, I had to school somebody today, I can't remember who it was, that Farrakhan been talking about aliens since the 80s. Farrakhan been talking about the mothership since the 80s. That predates Scientology. That's long before he started introducing Scientology. To the yeah, because our dad is a Muslim, and he was talking about, oh, and the little mo- his son was going over here in Los Angeles going to Scientology. I'm like, I know what y'all doing on the low low. I know what you're doing. And Scientology is sort of the white Hollywood face of this, you know, higher echelon of information. And I don't know how many and I'm trying to help I'm trying to help him build up his own business print. I'm trying to help him build up his own business. And he researching me the whole time. Who? Oh, when I was in Los Angeles, I you know I can't I ain't gonna put names out oh, there. You talk, but oh, you talk, 
Scientology people. Yeah, yeah, he was into that Scientology, and he made his son get into that because he's a Muslim. Oh, oh, so we're talking about someone you know because you, you, we, we're not mm-hmm. following you. You you're yeah. talking about someone you know. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I was in Hollywood, California, beloved, in 1986. And I remember back then, Scientologists would be on every corner in Hollywood. And they were waiting for, it didn't matter who you were, tourist, local, gay, straight, black or white. And, and, and they would stop you on the street and try and convince you to sort of take this quick personality test. And and within that test, they would, you know, reveal yep. things that were really yep. obvious. Um, but but yep. they were using it as sort of a tool to pull people in into Scientology. Um, and it was years later. Never forget I he said, I need, a, I need a prop. I need a prop. I'm like, a prop is like you proper some I'm I'm not stupid. I know what you're doing. Yeah, so um it was later into the nineties that I actually started studying Scientology, who they are, who L. Ron Hubbard was, um and, 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 and where their message came from. Um a lot of you might not even be aware that the common member of Scientology is not even exposed to this information. You have to sort of graduate and, and be initiated and sort of develop in, in Scientology before they even start talking about aliens, alien technology, and, and some of this higher learning. But that higher information can also be found in other traditions. Dr. York and, and the Ansuru, you know, early on introduced some of that information into the black community. And it could have been at the same time that um, Farrakhan himself started introducing some of that language, you know, into our community. So, so as I said earlier in the show, this stuff is never new. It's repackaged and then repackaged again, you know, for the next generation or, or for the next group of people. Yes, whipping. Um, it's too late to call in, beloved. Uh, you have to call in between 12 and 2. Or the system will will shut you out and and not prevent uh, not allow you to call in um, to the phone line. You can get on screen with me if you follow the um, the link that I have at the bottom of the screen now, and you can come in in that way. But it's too late to get on the phone line. Um, I apologize. That's, that's just the way it's set up. It won't let us take. Hey, can phone I share one more story? Can I share one more story? Um, yeah, you go first, and then um, I think um, who do a cultism is trying to speak to. He had did nine years for robbing a bank. Who did? I can't say their names. Okay, okay listen, Didi. Like I'm not Didi. not your atonement. Didi, you are live on air. Okay. You're, you're not just talking to me. You're talking to a million people right now. I know, and that's why so I, I don't share to, no names. Okay, I'm not asking to share names, but you need to be clear about what you're talking about. We, we lost when you start referencing people that's not in the conversation. Because they was in the Muslim faith, and I was going, you know, I was, I was all in. 
But when you with people that's not all in with you, you know they not. And you start figuring out stuff. They share stuff. Like, oh, you got all this stuff going on too? You went to prison over here? I'm down with you. I try to find out the law. I went to school for law. You know, like, y'all don't care. And then my mom is a Virgo like you. She likes, just stop. Stop. You care too much. You care too much, it's going to kill you. Now everybody else can talk. Okay, beloved. <laughs> I, listen, I don't have a clue what you just said, but, but all is a blessing. Okay. Uh, who do you call She's saying that. She's saying that they don't care about care about people as far as like the the Scientology stuff. Like they really have hidden motives. That's what she's saying. You talking about the Scientology people don't care? Yeah, that's that's what you're saying, right? But I, but would that be the case with almost every religion? I mean, look yeah, at any but I'm, I'm go ahead. Let, let me say let me say this, and uh, and and Chief, I'm not being, um, I'm not being, um, shady, but you what Sterling was saying is, you know, what about the gay people? I'm gonna be honest with you, these people don't care if you're gay. It, it, it and, and it's not our, it's completely our fault that we, uh, gay people have been discriminated against. Even though I'm not gay, I'm not, you know, homosexual. But it, it, they put that in the Bible. They wrote that. So the dogma that came with uh, accepting gay people comes from the Bible. But they don't care if you're gay. If you're trying to make a change, they don't care. They will, they will kill you. They will try to kill you. They will try to uh, uh, um, put you out here, put, uh, get you out of here. You know, shame you in front of millions, shame you in front of millions of people. If you gay and trying to help, they don't care. If you gay and you going along with the system, they going to promote you. It don't matter what your sexuality is. If you trying to be beneficial towards the people, you're not getting any. Uh, 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 you're not getting any credit in their system. So, uh, uh, just like straight people, whatever, it don't matter what you are. When you try to help, you will have problems. When you tell the truth, you will have problems. It don't matter. So, um, and another thing, I'm not. Uh, we're not scared of technology, and I, that's the reason I had said it's EFA. The divination system of EFA is basically what they're using for a computer, right? So, uh, we've been doing this. Is now uh, uh, it's time to make it tangible. It's time to make it turn into things. Now it's time, and, and these people still are getting readings. Don't don't get it twisted. They're still getting ethar readings. They still going to priests and figuring it out things. Please don't think they don't. I know priests. I know priests that's in contact with very powerful people. And they um, get reasons too. Whipping, um, thank you, Tiona. You, 
you're going to be removed from the group. Thank you, Kiana. Go ahead, Hoodoo Cultism. Yeah, uh, um, they basically getting this technology from these mythologies in Ifa in um, 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 Egyptian mythology. That's where the technology is coming from. These well, listen, I, these, listen, I agree with you. Listen, I agree with you on that. Not just the technology, but as your Adam suggesting, some of the politics sort of uh, associated with it. Like, for instance, we should have already been ready for binders. I absolutely agree with that. And, and, and in the context of authentic history, African folks were already ready for it. The, 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 the rules and protocols and mores that we are operating from today came with Christianity, Islam, and Judaism. And that's where the confusion started. That's where the confusion started. So, so, so we believe now that there are principles, values, cultural nuances that are absolutely African, and that's not true. The idea that there are no homosexuals in Africa, that's not true. The idea is that Africans were somehow by nature homophobic, that's not true. You, you, you're talking about a whole degree of information that has sort of been uh, inserted on top of all cultures all history, all tradition, right around 1300, the 1400s, gained control of, of the world mindset, if you will. And we are now still struggling to get out from under that, to get out from under that westernized thinking. And, and so it does have many parts. It is about what we're eating. It is about how we're being educated. It is about God's spell that has been uh, uh, pro- projected at us. Um, I agree, Keisha. We have to uh, uh, evolve our thinking, involve our power, and not feed off the fear, not feed off the anxiety, because that's what's creating sort of this blockage to technology, this blockage to us advancing um, and, and creating sort of that condition that I um, – described earlier where people don't know what to do, um, have given up on, on really doing anything, and it's showing up as alcoholism, abuse, drug abuse, depression, suicide. It's showing up as, as all these other uh, conditions in our culture when it's really about people giving up, when it's really about people not being clear about their power. And what's available to them, and then how we utilize that power moving forward. Listen, I'm going to have to end the show because I do have an appointment shortly. So I'm going to have to move forward. It's been a really great show. Appreciate everyone's participation and and offering to the show. I want to make sure I get everybody on screen um, before I end the show. <laughs> Thank you so much, um, Kiona, for assisting me in maintaining some kind of order in the chat. Thank you, Raina Love. Peace and blessings to you. Thank you, Dee Dee. Love you, girlfriend. Um, Black Cotton, greetings, beloved. Oh, it's my baby. Love you so much. Love you so much. 
Thank you, beloved. Thank you. Uh, Black cotton, yes, I talk about that a lot. People uh, sort of having this Arisha romance and and locked in on, on one particular deity, you know, but there's so much. Can I say one thing before, we, before you go? You yeah, know, go romance, uh, romance was renaissance. And that's when the Greek Europeans understand what romance was. But black people had to boot for them. And they made their own essence, and they called it renaissance. It sounds like, and you're the no, you don't, you're not in tune. Because <laughs> we already created whatever you're trying to do. You're just a copycat. We know about gay culture. We know about all this stuff y'all doing. Now yeah, we agree. can't touch each other no more. I, somebody yeah. said to me, uh, if, uh, if you got a wife or uh, whoever you're dealing with, if you're a lesbian, like my, my niece is a lesbian. Like I'm, I, I, I already know about that culture. But Well, beloved, listen, I appreciate but, you, but I've got to go. I have got to go. I have an appointment in less uh, 14, 13 minutes. I ain't ate nothing all day. I have got to go. But, but I appreciate everyone for being present, everyone's contribution to the show. I invite you all to join me here again tomorrow at high noon U.S. Central Standard Time. I'm going to have my Gregory suit on, and we're ready to do battle, y'all. No more being quiet. No more being sedimentary. No more uh, not being actively a part of, 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 of participating in, in the change. All is a blessing. Dash of cayenne to the roof Gonna put on my Greek grease suit Boil a gumbo Hot and steady Don't care if ready, ready Gonna pray at that old cemetery Down on Claiborne where she's buried Build a fire on the bayou When a black cat scratch at two Under a full moon that's blue Chant some magic words, Kufaru A dash of cayenne to the rule Gonna put on my Greek grease suit Black top hat, black suit too, single rod that Moses through. I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyard for you. Can't see my eyes, black shades too. A dash of cayenne to the roof, gonna put on my Greek grease suit.
Black top hat, black suit too Same old ride that Moses threw I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyard for you Can't see my eyes, black shades too Going free at the old cemetery Down on Claiborne where she's buried A dash of cayenne to the roof Gonna put on my Greek grease Black top hat, black suit too. Same old ride that Moses threw. I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyard for you. Can't see my eyes, black sheets too. Gonna pray at that old cemetery. Down on Claiborne where she's buried. A dash of cayenne to the room. Gonna put on my Greek grease suit.